0: You're
1: listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're going to let it breathe. Just for a few seconds. You all know the drill by now. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we finally got some movement on the NFLPA, NFL front today in a couple of different ways, and I've been dying to get your take on this. Literally minutes before we went live, though, let's start with the latest thing first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do it backwards. Adam Schefter breaks the news that the NFL owners have agreed no preseason games. If that gets the NFL PA through the door and everybody's copacetic and happy, NFL saying, you know what? We can live with no preseason. Eye on the prize. We're looking at the regular season, but it's going to be a very unique once in a blue moon NFL summer. Zach,
2: no preseason. What's your gut reaction? A couple things stand out to me here. First of all, I feel really bad for the fringe talents, the bottom of the roster type players. You got drafted guys, the seventh round picks. They're not going to get any summer showcase, Chad, to put good tape out, to catch on with with their team or another team. It goes right from training camp to the regular season. You're going to see so many guys lose their jobs. If if not sooner than they would have been, then at all. They could have been on the roster in a normal year. This year, they're not going to even get the opportunity to impress their coaches and the general manager. So I feel bad for them. My second reaction is the NFL has consistently caved to the NFLPA this entire offseason. Whether it was Black Lives Matter with the social media campaign they put out and Roger Goodell pretty much apologized to Colin Kaepernick, that was a revelation. And then now, because the NFLPA and the union knows – The NFL has no leverage. They waited until the last possible second to get this done, literally the week and the day for some teams that rookies are reporting for training camp. They wanted a a 21-day acclimation period. NFLPA, they got 18. They wanted no preseason games. They got no preseason games. It went from four to two to one to zero. And the NFL has given in every single step of the way because they have no other choice. They want to have some sort of season to preserve some sort of revenue, some sort of money-making stream. They're not going to give in completely. So that's why. Okay, we'll get. We want the players on the field this fall. We don't have to see you this summer. And that's every single. You go down the line on the docket chat of, of the different things: testing, money, contracts, preseason games. NFLPA has one. Check, 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 check. That to me stood out. I want to be
1: clear. I want to make sure fans do not misinterpret this by any stretch. The cancellation of the preseason is actually a positive good thing for the regular season. This isn't some kind of a sign that oh no, we're not going to have an NFL season. So, I've already received a few DMs from fans going, "What does this mean? Oh my gosh." It's no, it's a good thing. It's the NFL owners, as Zach just said, caving to the demands of the players. As I talked about on last night's show on that Friday call with the NFLPA which I was on with the Pro Football Writers of America, they made it they laid out what their sticking points were. In order, you know, to to get them through the doors, so to speak, and one of them was this twenty-one days they wanted as a conditioning period. Instead of going straight into camp, they wanted camp to to be the first three weeks, basically conditioning before they're cutting hard and collision, uh, you know, colliding with each other and all that stuff. The explosion aspects of what they do, they want to minimize lower body injuries, which is what plagued the twenty eleven season. All teams were on an equal footing with regard to that. But because of the lockout, lower body injuries went up by 40%. So they wanted that to basically, they wanted to try and mitigate that this year with no offseason by doing the 21 days. As Zach said, NFL owners finally said, you know, they dragged their heels because they knew if you agree to that, if you basically agree to the first three weeks of camp being calisthenics and conditioning, say goodbye to no matter what the first three preseason games. Right. And maybe you can shoot for the last one as, as you're that ain't going to happen though. They just said, you know what? All right, let's do it your way. The first three weeks, basically, Zach, are going to be conditioning. And, you know, there's still a few other sticking points, including the opt out. I haven't heard any news on that today. But the other thing is, Zach, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is the NFL PA announced, in fact, let me just pull up this tweet real quick. Bear with me one second. I probably should have had this preloaded, but. Um, here's the memo that came out today from the NFLPA. Let me just read a couple things here. Um, so it's a it's a it's a it's a basically a two stage testing program. So in order for any player to actually get through the door and begin training camp, they have to go through this. Now follow me on this. Key components of the screening and testing protocol are as follows. Actually, you know what? Ryan uh, O'Halloran from the Denver Post had a good tweet summing this up. Let me grab it. So for the Broncos, rookies, and any of them, in fact, veterans. So on the schedule, Zach, this Thursday, the rookies and the quarterbacks and the injured players were going to report for training camp, right? And then the veterans were going to show up next week. Well, they can still show up. They can't get through the door, though. They got to have a nasal swab test on Thursday. Then it's followed by a two-day quarantine period. So, So all of... Well, Thursday included, three days, excuse me. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they have to, after that one test, they have to self-quarantine. Then they come back on Sunday for a second test. And then if it's clean, they come in Monday, they begin a training camp. They can walk through the doors. And then from there, Zach, they'll be tested every single day. And so I think that's a pretty comprehensive way to ensure that no bug gets through the door.
2: Yeah, I'm actually commending the NFL and the union both for setting up this kind of testing policy. In terms of opt outs, I've heard they have agreed both sides to players who want to opt out, but the the for, the, the technicalities and that and the details of that are still being worked out. So they're going to have some sort of opt out policy. There's rumors that star players, maybe even Von Miller, they mentioned cryptically, could want to sit out. He has asthma issues. He has a pre-existing condition. I don't think it's going to happen. It's just one of those rumors floating out there. Um, they are slowly but surely, Chad, where working their way and <laughs> about time to an NFL season. And it's going to be weird. I saw a comment uh, from David Bingham and football will just be a crap for a month, month and a half or month it's true. It's going to be weird. It's going to be definitely out of the ordinary training camp practices are going to feel like scrimmage type practices. It is. It, we're going to try to cram an entire off season, Chad, into a month or so, six weeks, and then it's going to be right into the regular season. And I just, I just want football. I want some sort of normalcy. I'm commending the sides for getting something done, but in terms of the NFL, when you don't have any leverage, this is what happens:
1: low you know, man wins always. <laughs> that's right. In 2011, if you guys can think back, it sucked having no off season, but training camp was all the more brutal. And I think the NFL learned its lesson from that in terms of, you know, it's probably one of the reasons why they were willing to cave to the NFLPA, but the players learned a lot from that, that if it ever have anything like that happened again, they needed to be more, you know, flexible with the approach to training camp. But my bet here, Zach, is that the first three weeks of camp, of course, those 18 days are going to be conditioning. They'll be having their meetings. They'll be doing their thing. But from there, I think the coaches are going to be feeling the pressure – to whip this their teams into football shape, because the week one's going to be barreling down, and they got to get. There's no preseason there. It's going to be very unique. So to David's point, yeah, I mean you're going to see instead of the first couple of weeks kind of being a little bit of a trial by trial and error type thing for teams, it's basically going to be the first quarter of the season, which is just there's no getting around at this time. But if you think back to 2011, that was the Tebow year. Everyone remembers the Tebow year. The Broncos limped out to a terrible, what was it, two and four start, I want to say, something like that, under Kyle Orton. And, I, I, I mean, I don't recall all the records of every team in the NFL that year, but the Broncos, it took some time for them as a team to kind of gel and come together. And even though Tebow was a catalyst for that, Zach, really the biggest thing was time on task. They needed to be on the field playing going against outside competition, and then it eventually came together. So I think it'll be a little sloppy to open up, Zach, but hey, sloppy football with your favorite team on Sundays is better than no football.
2: Right. I'm just I'm, – thank God Drew Locke got those five starts in last year, Chad. Thank God he has some sort of experience to fall back on, having no offseason this year, having no chance to work with his teammates before training camp for the most part. It's going to hurt a lot of teams, a lot of young teams, a lot of rookie players. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a team out there, a young team that takes the entire season to get going, if, if at all. I can see this impacting injuries, impacting chemistry, personnel, uh, coaching – Decisions. I can see it having an adverse impact until 2021. Fortunately for the Broncos, they have a veteran coach who's been around the block. And they have a quarterback who has some experience. They have a lot of veteran leadership in that locker room. So I think they'll be okay. But like you said, I think it's inevitable at this point with no preseason and a shortened training camp that we're going to have very, very, very sloppy regular season action for maybe even the first month of the year. But sloppy action is still action.
1: That it is. All right. We got some other topics we want to get to tonight. We still want to spend some time on this one in terms of the NFL, the NFLPA, how it affects the Broncos. We're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business as the show continues to grow. We want to make sure our new listeners and those new to the community know how to connect with us. Make sure, first and foremost, that you are following the podcast on Twitter at Pod. It's simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time and especially our YouTube community. I would say, Zach, it actually was a learning experience for me because at this point in my sports media career, I figured pretty much everybody had a Twitter account. But there's a lot of our community, especially on YouTube. They don't. I'd, I'm not necessarily saying go get a Twitter account, but if you do start a Twitter account or if you have a Twitter account, follow the podcast right there. Easy to do. And while you're at it, make sure you follow also at Mile High Huddle. You got those two boxes checked. You're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast and programming or breaking Broncos news and analysis. And, gang, if you're in a position, head on over to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself one of these football priests hat. Get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, a mask a tank top a mug. There's a little something for everybody out there, male, female. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here at mile high huddle and the huddle up podcast. And if you're not in a position to do that, as you guys know, we ask these three things and any listener, no matter what platform you're listening on, whether you're with us live or listening after the fact on demand as a podcast, these three things, each and every one of you can do subscribe, no matter where you're at. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like this video, like this podcast, and share it out there. If you really like what Zach and I are doing for you, share it out there. Help us continue to grow, accelerate that growth, and reach new listeners, like-minded Broncos fans, just
0: like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Ain't no place like
3: a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day, yeah
0: try the new big sky burger at Roy Rogers it's smithfield pulled pork beer battered onion rings american cheese and spicy barbecue sauce on a kaiser bun have a cowboy
3: kind of day at roy's
0: and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Time to fire up the grill.
3: Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers.
0: Ooh, I love their beer cooler.
3: (laughs) You love their prices even more.
0: Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices, Total Wine and more. All right. (laughs) Glenn. (laughs) You're wrong for that, Glenn.
2: (laughs) Okay, okay, Um, okay, okay, okay. okay. All right. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: let's get back to uh, football. football, but but first, let's grab Mark's super chat. Bonafide superstar was on the show a uh, week and a half ago, or was it last week? Man, the, the, the weeks are starting to blur for me with uh, nothing happening. Um, but anyway, Mark jumping in. Really appreciate you, my friend, as always. It looks Thank like you, he might have a new joke. We'll see. We all know Joe Flacco was a statue in the pocket, just like his cowlick (laughs) in his press conferences. Hashtag say it ain't so, Joe. Hashtag what a dud. Hashtag what's up, my guys. Hashtag football priest. Judas Priest,
2: dude.
1: (laughs) For those of you listening after the fact, who knows, maybe I'll edit this part out of the podcast, but we are getting inundated by massive shows of support and love on Super Chat, which... We're going to get to here in just a second. Um, all right, Zach, let's uh, real quick also grab Stu. Appreciate you jumping in. He's, he might not be live with us right now, but he hopped in to give us uh, some love on Super Chat. Zeus McPeak himself condescending from on high, MHH Mount Rushmore, to this podcast. He says, I might miss tonight, but always supporting however I can. Appreciate you, Stu. And I Thank do you. still want to connect with you this week, if at all possible. So, Hit me up, dude. He's going to help me uh, master. I am gonna. I want to get as sick a command center as Stu has. Dennis Elliott jumping in early before we even went live. All three of these super chats so far from our community before we even went live really means the world to us. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Dennis. All right, Zach, real quick. This was something that another superstar who's actually going to be on the show next week, Steve Baumgartner, you guys know him. You love him. He brought to our attention. Look. List by this point, Zach, I am so sick and tired of lists. I'm sick of power rankings, all that stuff. But Pro Football Talk is, even though I think Mike Florio is uh, kind of a pompous blank nozzle, okay, a bleep <laughs> nozzle, nevertheless, his website is one of the those that helped kind of revolutionize the sports media, digital sports media industry, and he gets millions upon millions of viewers on clicking on his website. He got purchased by NBC Sports a long time ago. Long story short, it, it's a legit publication. And Steve Baumgartner brought to our attention the fact that the Denver Broncos on PFT's power rankings, this is interesting, came in, checked in at number 15, Zach. Now, we briefly touched on it before we went live, but I want your gut reaction, and then I'll, I'll follow up.
2: I think it's pretty fair. It's another ranking. We talked about this on a previous podcast and every one of these collective rankings, whether it's, it's supporting cast or offense or defense, they're always within the top half of the league. They're always within the top 16 teams in the NFL. And again, I'll say, if that holds true in real life, if that transfer is over, they are going to be a playoff team. I don't have it in front of me who's in front of the Broncos, Chad, ahead of them, 14, 13, 12, and so on. But it it breaks down to whether seven teams are going to get into the AFC in the playoffs, and those Broncos at 15, they are right there. So without Drew Locke taking a snap, without someone like Mike Florio, who's – how do I put this lightly? He goes with the with the flow of the of the pulse of the national thinking. He, he's he's the one Blue of those Check she- Mark brigade. Yeah, he's one of those sheep herders, I should say. And that's and, and the thing is, it's, it's cool to hate on the Broncos. It's cool to count Denver out. But I think even he, without seeing any of the Broncos this year, has him at 15 overall. It's Florio, but that's some sort of compliment coming from Florio. So yeah, I'm okay with that. It's it's fair.
1: It's, I think it's more than fair not to not to take exception to what you said. I think it's fair. I mean, we're talking about a team, yes, the Broncos finished second in the AFC West. But they were sub500, all right? They're seven and nine, you know, they had three wins going into week 13. That's how bad things were for the Broncos last year. And of course, everything turned when Drew Locke got inserted and the rest is history. But it's a good sign that not everyone in the national media is completely sleeping on the Denver Broncos. I don't know if that's good necessarily. I don't know if I should say good sign, but it's a sign that not everybody is sleeping on the Broncos. And they're recognizing, Zach, that, you know, this is a team. Maybe they weren't as impressed with Drew Locke as, you know, some some of us in media were. But they saw what the Broncos did in the offseason, bringing in Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, you know, bolstering the interior O-line with Graham Glasgow and uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. And just the strategic improvements John Elway made to the roster, you can't, Fix everything all in one offseason. There's still a few things we're worried about, like offensive tackle. Nick Kendall talked about that today in his his uh, report card for the Denver Broncos. He graded the offensive line. Tackle is still a concern. Cornerback, until proven otherwise, is going to be a concern until we see someone emerge or that take shape. And unfortunately this year, Zach, we're not going to get to see how these corners work in against outside competition in the preseason. That competition is going to have to take shape on the grass at UC Health Training Center, which, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll have to ask one of the coaches and find out, hey, man, if you were to take your total evaluation on, let's say, a bubble player, right? Let's say a bottom, you got 53 guys on the roster. Let's say a guy that has a chance to make one of those last four spots. All right. If you take one of those guys and break down the total evaluation in a pie chart, what percentage of that pie is made up of how they perform in training camp. In other words, you know, how much of their training camp performance, whether it's not, you know, drills, team period, classroom, individual meetings, all that stuff, how much of that plays a role or you know, whatever in your evaluation, my guess would be traditionally, it probably makes up about half of the half the battle. The rest being maybe even a little bit more, Zach. And the rest being pre, you know, whatever happens in the preseason games. But This year, it's going to have to make up 100% of that pop.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Getting back to the rankings for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2015, putting them 15 overall in the NFL, I I think it's very, very fair of of Mike Florio. I was expecting him to have like a Nick Wright-type take, putting them at 29 or 30. 15 for this team, Chad. Still, as much as we love Drew Locke, still an unproven quarterback, an unproven team, As much as we love Fangio, still an unproven coach, a lot of questions still in the air. We're all optimistic, but we also want to see what they're going to do when they get on the field. So 15 overall, I was very pleased with that because our campaign is working, Chad. We want to bring the Broncos more national exposure, put more eyeballs on Denver, and for outside people to see the Broncos for what they are. Not necessarily the way we see them, but just better than the national hate they get. I think the tide is starting to turn, and it's going to keep turning through the rest of the year.
1: Okay. Let's grab Eclipse Stormborn. We look forward to having him on the show. Guys, you're not going to want to miss that Wednesday night. He will join the Huddle Up podcast. It's going to be a gas. Jumping in, showing some love on Super Chat. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, Broncos family? I apologize for my tardiness. Hope everyone is having a great start to a great week. Love you all, and peace from Philly. Very sweet. You know, I appreciate you. And I know that on this streaming service that we use – I wish there was a way at the top where it, it – the stream jumped on me. John, I don't know if you can grab Mundungus. If not, I'll do it the old-fashioned way. But um, can you grab it? Zach, do you see Mundungus's comment super chat?
2: Um, I can click it at the top. I can
1: uh, scroll to it. Dang it. All right. Bear with me one second here. Let me do it the old-fashioned way. It'll just take a couple of seconds. But very humbling. Yeah. Uh, very – amazing. It really does amaze us. We we don't say that lightly. It blows us away. This is – here we go. Bear with me one second. But Mundungus for what is, I think, the fourth straight podcast now is just being uh, very generous to the channel, to the podcast, helping us keep the lights on, as it were, at the Huddle Up podcast here. And it just means – more than we can tell you, my friend. It really does. So thank you. To my we, we could just talk till we're blue in the face how much it means to us, but just know that it really does uh, keep us going. And it's very humbling, very encouraging, also extremely motivating. We are really yeah. looking forward to rocking this season for you guys. It's going to be a gas. But he says, what's up, guys? Okay, now that the Giants and Jets and possibly the Raiders have announced they'll have no fans, do you think the NFL and owners – well, actually, and let me grab the rest of his. Uh, give the players the safety measures they're pushing for. So we, yeah, like I guess we kind of, as he mentioned later on in the in the chat stream, we kind of did uh, answer that a little bit, but we didn't. I'm glad you brought that up, Mundungus. That it's a topic on news newsworthy topic that we didn't get to at the top of the show, and that is the state. Was it the state of New Jersey? Put the kibosh right because they play in New Jersey. Put the kibosh on any fans in the stands. For the time being, for the Giants and Jets who share a stadium, uh, the Buffalo Bills are all are you know technically in the state of New York and they play in New York. I haven't heard yet whether or not they're going to be able to have fans in the stands. But if we end up getting a V word, uh, you know they might be able to actually have some fans in the stands at some point this year. But for now and until and unless they get one, Zach, there will no be or there will not be any fans in those stands. And it gets back to something that we touched on yesterday and uh, something you and I talked about before we went live tonight. Far be it for me to agree with Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, but he recently went on record talking about how he doesn't quite understand how when the outbreak was going on and everything was shut down, the NFL mandated that no players, even if you were, your team was not located in a hot spot per se with the word that should go unmentioned, players across the league and coaches could not go into the team facilities because the league wanted to maintain and establish competitive balance, right? Competitive fairness, let's call it. Well, Zach, then when they get together and we're coming up closer to the season, the owners decide, Hey, we're going to make fan attendance, a case by case basis. In other words, we're leaving it up to the teams to decide if they have fans and if so, how they're going to approach that, how many, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and, and, In what way, though, is that going to be competitively fair for Mark Davis and and the Raiders if they're not allowed to have fans by their state or their municipality, or for the teams like the Jets and the Giants? I mean, that means eight games for them. They play without any audience or advantage in terms of a home field. Then they go on the road, and they're going to have to play in front of a hostile environment, even at a limited capacity, Zach. (sighs) I'm not making an argument to say, hey, we should just the NFL should put a kibosh on fans at all this year. I'm not saying that, but it really is kind of an existential question that has to be tackled by the NFL. And I don't think, unfortunately, if you're going to even entertain the idea of having fans at any point this year, it's not something that you can really change. It's just something you're going to have to swallow if you're the Jets, Giants or
2: Raiders. This is something I've been saying for weeks now. How does one team have twenty percent capacity? One team has sixty percent. One team has zero. How does that make sense? So unless the NFL, who's per- trying to preserve some sort of norm- normality, chat some sort of uh, of traditional gameplay this season, unless they want a giant asterisk next to the the champion or next to the teams this year, you can't have fans in the stands. It can't be where one team plays in front of zero. I mean, the Broncos play the jets this year in New Jersey. So the Broncos would be getting an advantage against an already inferior team and playing in front of no fans there. But if the jets would come to Denver, There might probably be fans in the sands. It doesn't really make sense. So I like uniformity. And I think for a multi-billion dollar business, who's trying to have this front facing viewpoint and look like, listen, guys, there is a pandemic going on. It's serious business out there. We want to have a real season though. No bubbles, no truncated seasons. We want to have a full regular season. We've done everything we can to this point. How could you have it staggered so badly, Chad? How, how could you have it so uneven and the scales just going like this constantly from team to team? I'm not in favor of having no fans and being so blanket statements and having, and, and having that sort of mentality. But how could you do it otherwise? How could they sell that beyond this season? It would damage the, the product, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: Attention Social Security and SSI recipients.
1: Very true. It's Unfortunately, it's just one of those things I think teams are going to have to just kind of grin and bear it because there's no, there's no getting around it. This season is going to hurt. Hopefully, I don't know exactly how all of the um, revenue sharing breaks down specifically. I know in the NFL it's, it's relatively equal, but I know in, in some cases, and I don't want to go out on a limb and say anything that isn't true, Some teams do benefit, get more revenue, uh, whether it's through, you know, merchandising, their own merchandising or whatever. But when it comes to the tickets, what I wonder is if fans or, excuse me, if teams are going to be able to share any of that revenue. So if the Giants and Jets and Raiders, for example, don't get to have fans for a single game this year, are they going to share in what the other, you know, 30, 29 teams or whatever um, get to make financially? We'll see. I don't know. And by the way, Janice, thanks. Appreciate that. Want to remind those, I've seen a few comments, want to remind you guys, it's really easy to make sure you don't miss a Mile High Huddle podcast. Zach and I are live Sunday, Mondays, Wednesday, Thursdays, but we have a live podcast for each and every day of the week, seven days a week, and it's always from the 6 o'clock to the 7 o'clock local time hour. So 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. And if as long as you block out that 6 to 7 hour, you're never going to miss us, even if you're doing other things. You're working out in the yard. You're watching the kid play baseball practice or whatever. You got it buzzing in your ear six to seven. You won't miss it. And Janice, it's good to have you. Really appreciate those kind words. Um, yeah, it's going to be just a unique, a very odd season, Zach. And here's Biggie Broncos saying, "Well, this gives the Broncos an advantage at home with there not being any preseason games, considering the altitude, et cetera, et cetera." That's
2: what I'm saying. I just don't – I don't see how a team could come into Denver and they have no fans at their stadium, but they're going to play in front of a hostile crowd in Denver or a mostly hostile crowd and at altitude. It's just unfair. I mean, and then it would turn to, okay, so the NFL is thinking to themselves – the teams that, that have fans, they're going to be paying for the teams that have no fans. If they want to have their hand out and want revenue and want reparations for having no fans and the revenue losses, it's going to just turn a lot of owners against each other. It's going to make more problems than it's worth for Roger Goodell and his bosses, which are the owners. I, I don't see how it can happen. I'm just happy, chat. I'm not the one making those calls. I don't envy Goodell in the least right now. <laughs>
1: Buana says, "I still feel that the NFL holds plenty of power. NFLPA needs the NFL season too. The NFLPA, I'm sure, has given up plenty. Yeah, that'll all come out eventually in the wash, and we'll see. I'm with you on that, Buana. That, like I talked about on last night's podcast, unless you came into new money this year as a draft pick or a free agent or an extension, if there were no games this year, you get paid. You just don't get paid. If you're Von Miller looking to make 20 million bucks or whatever his, his salary is this year." If there are no games, you don't see that money. I mean, it's you're not going to lose that year in terms of the contract term. You'll get 2020's money when you play the 2021 season. But still, that's a strong incentive for the NFLPA because, yes, you want it to be as safe as possible. Zach, all of us out there in regular America or around the world who have been rolling with the punches of the coronavirus, we are. everyone's been taking chances. If you go to the grocery store, you're taking a chance if you have gone to work or continue to work, if you're an essential, like a lot of our listeners, or even if you're not having, when it was really shut down, even if you weren't an essential worker, but you were going to work and all wearing a mask and social distancing and all that, you were taking a chance. So the NFL is going to have to take a chance. Only the difference there with the players is the risk reward is significantly different. They're, they're taking a risk just like every American that gets up and goes to work every day, but their reward is way up here. So that's why when I'm sitting here on the call with the NFLPA on Friday, Zach, I'm not shedding any tears for these guys because look, they're not they're not suffering from any other or at danger of any other risk that any Americans aren't at this time. And the difference is their reward is much greater. The other thing to consider is here, Zach, there needs to be sports. It's great we're getting back Major League Baseball, we're getting back NBA. Yeah. Sports needs to come back because this nation needs it. It's been I mean, from March until this very moment, up until now, even, it's just been a very tumultuous, um, dramatic, dark period for this country. And sports traditionally would be a very healthy escape and a way and a means for people to cope with what's been happening. And with it being gone, I think it's actually, Zach, helped to exacerbate some of the discontent we've seen out there and some of the anxiety and. You know, just the the depression and things that we're seeing from people. I mean, I bet each and every one listening to this podcast, for the most part, knows somebody who has been more than negatively affected or adversely affected by the events that have occurred since March. You need sports back. America needs sports back, period. And of story. So I would hope the NFLPA, I would hope the NFL as well, understand also, you know, the the greater good that they're trying to achieve too for people. People need this, you know,
2: everything is well said, Chad. I want to just tack on one, one other kind of contrarian viewpoint is that the, the NFL players are being paid tens of millions, but the NFL players are making their owners and their teams, hundreds of millions of dollars. So who needs who more? I I don't see one single concession that the union gave up to the NFL in these talks. They have backed down every single step of the way. They couldn't even negotiate it and compromise for two preseason games. They, They had to go to zero from four. I mean, some teams like the Cowboys had five. Now they're going to zero. They've given up everything. And just beyond CV, like I mentioned, Black Lives Matter, the social media campaigns, turning on players like Drew Brees, getting Goodell to apologize to Colin Kaepernick. That is all from the power of the players. And I think more and more and more with the new CBA that was just negotiated, the power is in the players' hands. They know there really is no sport without them being on the field. They knew they had all the leverage, all the negotiating power, and they are using it to their full advantage now and until training camp starts uh, later this week.
1: Yes, Kathy, this is a great point. She says, wouldn't Vaughn have the antibodies because he already had the word that she'll go unnamed? Yes. However, because it's such a novel and new bug, let's put it that way. We don't know absolutely for sure without question. There just hasn't been enough time yet in terms of to study it, to know whether or not it's kind of like the flu, for example. And I'm not dispensing medical advice. Nobody take this the wrong way. But people catch the flu in September and then sometimes people catch the flu again the next fall. And because it's it's always evolving, right? The, the bug that's always, uh, you know, it's mutates and all that. And so from a, you know, immune response perspective, they're not 100%. I think for the most part, they're confident, but it's just like the cold. You can catch a cold several times in the same calendar year. It's a C word. I'm not going to say the word because I don't want this podcast to be suppressed on social media. It is in that same family of bugs that we're talking about here. And so we don't know yet, though, with this one, whether or not if you've had it once, you're good to go and immune for life. Or if it's one of those scenarios, Zach, where, you know, after a specific amount of time, if you're exposed again, you could thus, if it's a different strain or a mutated strain and your immune system doesn't recognize it, it can get in and make you sick again. We don't know that yet, which is why, you know, if someone like Vaughn who has had it is concerned, you know, you be concerned. He's got a comorbidity con- uh, risk with the with the asthma. However, he is a peak-level world-class athlete, and even though he was sick and there was no fun, you know, he he crushed the bug that she'll go and mention. And I think, you know, up to this point, we've talked about the statistics that show the majority of the NFL, Zach, are players 24 and under. And the word that she'll go and mention in terms of risk to that particular demographic, and especially peak-level athletes that are the picture of health, the, the actual mortality risk to those players is very slim. Does it completely take it off the table? No, anything can happen. It, it We've seen it happen before in terms of real life, but it really isn't one of those that 24 years and younger. Now, Vaughn, though, Zach, he's over 30, so he's a little bit more creeping towards, for example, my demographic, although I'm not a world-class athlete. I'm in my 40s, right? I, I cross 40, so I'm a little bit closer to the more at-risk, but I have no comorbidity risks. And he does have that asthma. So it's, it's a concern, but Zach, I don't see him opting out. He wants that money and he's on the wrong side of 30. Time is finite for him.
2: No, I don't see him opting out. I just heard a rumor that some high-level players are considering opting out, especially those with pre-existing conditions, and I just I thought of Vaughn. But, yeah, you you said what I was going to say, Chad. We don't know yet, and I haven't been a CV bro. I haven't been one to champion the virus. I've actually pushed back against it. We've actually gotten, Chad, you and I, negative feedback because we've been positive throughout the last three to four months. But all I will say is we don't know for a fact just yet if there is, if you will, double jeopardy with this virus. If you can catch it twice, if it can affect you twice, if it comes back stronger or weaker, we just don't have that data yet. And I'm not one to just blindly say, follow the science and stay inside and put masks on when you do everything, but we just don't know. And until we do know that, we can't say yes or no definitively, especially for players like Von Miller, who we mentioned has asthma issues. He has some lung troubles and supposedly that's what it attacks. So we, we can't, it'd be irresponsible to give a
0: yes or no a definitive statement on that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50 plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358, 800-941-2358.
3: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates
1: As James points out, here's something that our Nick Kendall talks quite a bit about. And, of course, he's a trained scientist. He knows what he's about from epi- epidemiology. Um, bottom line is, until we have a vaccine, no one's going to be perfectly, you know, not at risk. I don't want to say perfectly safe, but, you know, it's we need that. We need that vaccine. And there's been some really good news on that front, especially this week. We've learned there's a solid chance. And I, I mean, just a month ago, I was saying, dude, good luck. If you ever get one, and it's definitely not going to happen in 2020. Now it's really looking like it's going to happen. It's going to come at some point this year if we keep our fingers crossed and whatnot. So if that happens at some point in the middle of the season, man, it'll be a godsend because everybody should be able to go right back to business as usual and, you know, fans in the stand and all that. So we'll keep our fingers crossed uh, on that front. All right. Let me see here. Zach, really quick. I want to grab Mike who is showing us some love on Super Chat. Really appreciate you, Mike. Hey, Mike. And you're just so consistent. Every single podcast, Zach, every single podcast. Mike's in the stream. He's in the community. He's a part of the conversation, and he's showing love on Super Chat. We love you, Mike. He says, has the NFL finalized the number of practice squad players allowed per team? I haven't seen that finalized yet, Zach, but the last I heard on that front was the number 16. So it used to be 10. Then the new CBA grew that to 12. And then post CBA, we had the outbreak. And now I'm hearing they want to do 16. However, Zach, we talked about before that, you know, it's almost like you need to have two different teams. You got to have your A team and your B team yeah. in case, you know, a whole room gets taken out for two weeks by the word that shall go unmentioned. With the new testing protocols that we described at the top of the show where they have to go in, have it done once, then self-quarantine for three days, then come back in. And pass a second test before they can get gain admittance, and then from there they're tested literally daily. I really have a hard time seeing if they're going to really stay on top of it that way and take it as serious as seriously and as militantly as it sounds like they are. I'm not as worried about it. A rash of you know contract you know uh, infections yeah. just taken out a team. So, but the last I heard, Zach at 16. Don't know if it's been iced yet in stone quite yet.
2: It's got to be higher than 10, and I wouldn't be surprised if they eliminate a rule that you can't sign a player from the practice squad unless you promote them to the active roster. I would not be surprised if they kind of just waive that rule for this season. They're going to make so many allowances and concessions, and it will go back to normal in 2021. All these rules that are put in place are just for the 2020 season. Practice squad, though, it has to be at least I, I would say what 14-15 players on a minimum, they have to do something to help out these rosters now with no preseason to judge the players and, and fall back on tape for evaluation.
1: Zach, That's, very we we have such an outgoing wow. and dedicated and passionate community that supports this channel, supports Mile High Huddle, supports the Huddle Jeez. Podcast. And as dedicated as they are, only a very small fraction of that audience has shown this level of generosity in an individual super chat all time. I could count them. Well, it's now on two hands, okay? But still, it's a very small, small number. <clears throat> this is not the first time Christy has shown this level of generosity and, and love to the show. There's a reason we call her the queen of MHA. Right. And she walks away each and every podcast. And she's such a, a spark and a blessing to the community, as everybody knows. And she's been under the weather, she says. So we're glad to have you back. She says, sorry, I've missed a few guys. Been a bit under the weather, but I'm all caught up now. Zach, it just, you know, we just have to pinch ourselves sometimes that we're as lucky as we are to have this community.
2: And we hope you're feeling better, Christy. I saw in the comments you had a kidney issue today. We hope that's resolved and, and you're feeling better. And uh, what Chad said, everything is true. It's so amazingly generous of you, and we're so humbled. Soul, you're kidding. That's pretty funny. But we do hope you feel better, and and, and words can't even describe how we feel about your generosity, Christy. It's so, so amazing. And for everybody else, thank you. So, so just seeing that pop up on the screen, Chad, we never envisioned seeing something like that in front of us when we no. started doing this and how consistently we get it day in and day out, potting and potting out it's uh i don't want to come off insincere but it's so so humbling and so rewarding and fulfilling to see that type of dedication from our fan base and our followers
1: much love to you christy we're looking forward to getting you back on the show here also in the very new near future so thank you my friend um mundunga says my first question if denver will follow suit with the giants and the jets with no fans there was an uh stories act that broke Uh, right before the weekend, I want to say. I'm going to see if I can find it at milehighhuddle.com so I can quote from it. But if not, here it is. Here's the headline, gang. Broncos given the green light to hold training camp by the state health department. Now, that's not the same thing that Mundungus is asking about in terms of games. But up to this point, there have been no indications that the state is going to come in and kibosh because the NFL, this was something that was reported, I believe, by Kliss uh, today. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Brandon McManus, who is the Denver Broncos NFLPA rep. Um, let me just grab this tweet, actually. I think everyone needs to hear this. Bear with me one second here. Uh, almost there, almost there. Brandon McManus, this is from Kliss. Quote, Brandon McManus on the Broncos' infection, disease, and emergency response plan for camp. Quote, this is McManus. The Broncos sent in their plan to the NFLPA, and they said it was one of the better ones. Broncos' leadership submitted a 30-page, 10,000-word plan. Now about the league's testing guidelines, we know what those guidelines are now. And Zach, what we learned in this article I referenced earlier about training camp is that the Colorado Department of Health informed the Broncos its plan for conducting camp has been approved. So the protocol that has been put in place and led and spearheaded by Brittany Bolin has been impressive to the NFLPA. My guess is that it's been impressive to the state health department. And I'm guessing that with the changes they've made with the, with the stadium and the upgrades and improvements to account for what's happening right now, I think that they're going to be allowed. If the NFL allows them, I think the Broncos will be allowed to have their 15 or so thousand fans yeah. in the stand.
2: Yeah, it's seeming like that. They're going to have the first what is it, six to eight rows blocked off for advertisements, but after that, yeah, we'll have probably fans spaced out, maybe six feet apart, however it's going to work. I do think as of right now, July 20th, and I preface that saying right now because things have and will change on a day-by-day basis, but right now it's looking like there will be fans in the stands uh, this fall. We don't know on a game-by-game basis. We don't know if it's going to be prioritized for season ticket holders. We don't have those answers yet, but reading the tea leaves and going with the flow, it seems like there will will be fans in Denver. We're not going to have the problem that the Giants and Jets are having.
1: Micah on Facebook, we've touched on this a little bit, but we don't want to ignore our great Facebook audience. He says, how much will the rookies and undrafted free agents that are on the roster bubble going to be affected without a preseason? Dramatically. Now, it doesn't doesn't remove the opportunity they have to make this roster. I mean, if you flash on, on, I think once they get out of this uh, conditioning period, that 18 days to open things up, and I think you're going to see the coaches with respect really buckle down and, you know, ramp things up. And when that happens and you're, you're going to have padded practices, you're going to have contact, you're going to have maybe not full tackling to the ground because that's kind of been worked out of practice nowadays and the, since the 2011 CBA, but still you're going to be able to see guys separate, not maybe as clearly and as evidently as you would by seeing them against outside competition in the preseason, but, these sixth and seventh rounders and the undrafted free agents this year and the bubble guys, futures guys that have been signed over the last, you know, offseason or two, they still have a chance to make their mark. They it it's, I mean, they still have to figure out who the best 53 are. You know, so go go make your case, Zach.
2: The good thing for the Broncos is a lot of the rookie players, Shad, are are roster locks. They're Jerry, Judy, Cushionberry, Michael O., Albert O., Ajean. those are all guys who are going to be on the roster on day one. And even the later round guys, they're not, you know, the Hillary Clevelands of the world, they're not going to be, Uh, devastated if they have to cut them. Whereas they have a couple undrafted guys, Bassey, Coleman, Bellamy. Those are the three. and I think that's what teams are going to do. They have a short list of their undrafted guys or late round guys of who could make the roster and do it by percentages. 80% chance, 50% chance, 30% chance. And the Broncos have a good um, scouting system in place to deal with those eighth round kind of guys. It's going to hurt the players, but more so the team from having to make those decisions, Chad,
3: Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
2: Season having a limited training camp and not knowing what you really have in a player because some shine when they when the lights go on. True. Others others just shine in the practice field and they lose that ability. The players and the team this summer.
1: That's why Peyton Manning's message to the rookies during OTAs the you know the the virtual OTAs was so crucial. Prepare like crazy yes. and treat practice like it's a game never before has that mindset been more necessary than this year. So for those rookies and those bubble guys, they have to as Zach just said, some guys flip that switch when the lights go on and they're just they're able to take their play to the next level. They're going to have to hack their own mindset. They're going to have to hack their own brains and figure out how to wire that for training camp. And you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, but the good news is All teams are on an equal footing with regard to this particular predicament. Chris Hernandez, one of our bona fide Super Chat superstars, big-time member in the community. Thank you, Chris. It's been so great having you back in the pods. I know for a time there, things were going on. You got busy. We're just happy to have you back in the conversation with us. Chris, love you, as always, bro, for your generosity and, and your takes. He says, hashtag, click those little thumbs up. Thank you for the reminder. We really do appreciate it, my friend. Matt's saying he shared the podcast, this live one, on Twitter. Appreciate that. That is what we're talking about, guys. We need that organic um, groundswell, if you will, grassroots groundswell to help us continue to grow and reach new listeners. Kevin Smith in the house. It's been a minute since we've seen him in a live stream. Love your and hamburgers. as you can see, he's he was one of the original OGs, Zach, to patronize the merch store. In fact, he might have been a winner of – uh, Apple podcast winner when we gave away some swag. I don't remember, but he's one of the first selfies. Our, our Instagram page has taken off and basically we, we share a, a meme here and there, a Broncos meme or an info meme or something. Mostly though it's, it's the selfies sent in to us by our super chat superstars and the big time members of the community. Kevin, I think is the first one, if not the first, he's right up there. One of the first that we uh, shared on that Instagram page. So, It's good to see you, my friend. He says, what's up, Broncos country? Usually I have to catch you guys after the fact, but was lucky tonight. Just want to show some love for the family. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate you, my friend. It's good to see you. I hope you and yours are doing a okay. All right, we are at 47 minutes. We have quite a few questions. We have quite a few super still that we have not had a chance to get to. Before we do, Zach, I titled this podcast Around what Peyton Manning said about the Chargers, we, we touched on it. We didn't really talk about it on last night's podcast. And that is the Denver, the Denver Nuggets, I almost said the Denver Broncos, the Denver Nuggets of the NBA had Peyton on a zoom call and, you know, just dropping knowledge, making himself available. You know, they're about to restart their season in the bubble. As we all know, we've talked on, uh, on this podcast before, but he was asked. uh, In fact, let me just grab the exact quote. I should have it here. Uh, bear with me one sec. So he was asked basically by one of the players, Hey, how would you prepare, you know, for a season where you knew there weren't going to be any fans in the stands, his quote, he nuked the chargers from orbit. Here was his response quote. And this is uh, as told by Mason Plumley, the center for the Denver nuggets. This is him telling the story quote. He was like, I'm just not the one to answer that question. You probably have to ask somebody with the chargers or one of those other teams. It was like talking to somebody in the locker room, which was really cool. Close quote. That was from Plumley, who himself, Zach was quoting Peyton Manning, a joke that we've often made on this podcast about, you know, I, even Melvin Gordon joked about this mm-hmm. right? and not too long ago, but you got to love, I think this is the type of thing, Zach, where fans who already love Peyton Manning, this is just another reminder
2: why, why they love Peyton Manning. And how much investment he still has with the Broncos. He's not making jokes about the Colts. He's not really around the Colts, <laughs> uh, you know, the, their sphere, their environment. He's still very much a Bronco, and it's so rewarding to see that one of, if not the greatest quarterbacks ever played the game is a tried-and-true guy who bleeds orange and blue. I just, it's, it's awesome to always read about and always see. Okay, John, do
1: you have Mark's second super? I'm pretty sure the stream jumped that. If you can find it, I just looked at the order on um, the order of the supers on YouTube. (laughs) All
2: twenty-seven of them.
1: (laughs) If not, I can do it the old-fashioned way. But Christy, you don't have to do it. We it blows our mind. Just much love to you. Much love. What we can't. She says I'm super excited for some games to start. That's the most encouraging thing to take away from all of these developments, Zach is they're putting all the you know, dot in the I's, crossing the T's so that the games can happen. Might be losing preseason. And for the hardcore fans of football, like us and the hardcore fans, of the Denver Broncos, you crave and look forward to those preseason games you know, normally. But this year you're not going to get them, but you're going to get a, an NFL season for a time there. Even though we've maintained an optimistic posture, we've been criticized for it on this show more times than I can ever think. Zach, there's going to be an NFL season. It was in doubt. People worried. There's going to be an NFL season. And the sacrifice on that altar is the preseason. So take, take encouragement in that. And, Christy, thank you so much, my friend.
2: Yeah, you know, the preservation of the regular season is the most important thing to me. As much as I want a preseason, as much as I want a normal training camp, I just want football in the fall, football that counts. With fans, without fans, I don't care. And as long as we have that, Chad, I'm the happy camper.
1: All right. Mundungus jumping in again. Wow. I mean, I don't. I really just don't know what to say, you guys. Like, it's very the wizard just dropping the gauntlets tonight. It just blows us away. Seriously, yeah, it blows us away. Um, Mundungus, thank you, my friend. He says, "Does it make sense for the NFL to try and expand into deals with live streaming platforms since viewership has skyrocketed?" You would think that would make up for potential lost revenue for this year. I would hope so, but the problem is they get so many billions of dollars from, this, from their television deals that they don't want to upset that apple cart by then making everything available on Netflix or making everything available right. on you know Amazon Prime. Thursday night games are available on Amazon Prime, but it's, it's, it's a delicate balance that the NFL is trying to, to walk, basically, that's, that razor's edge. All of us who are living in the 21st century, I mean, we'd love to have those games on our phone, right? We'd love to have those games anywhere. And there are some ways that you can do that. Unfortunately, NFL Game Pass doesn't allow you to do that in real time. If you're a Verizon uh, subscriber and you have the NFL app, it'll allow you to stream games live if it's locally broadcast in your market. Other than that, Zach, there are no real live streaming options It will be interesting to see if the NFL looks at that, but because of their protective posture with regard to those billions they make from CBS, Fox, ESPN, NBC, they don't want to upset that apple cart
2: and also the local affiliates for these stations Chad, the local sponsors the local businesses helping the NFL teams and uh, the teams get a a percentage of that cut and a percentage of that cut goes to the NFL Well, what's the expression, Chad? Crap rolls downhill, money goes up and that's been the case since the beginning of time and and for a a multi-billion dollar business like the NFL, that is always going to be the case they are never going to leave money on the table hence them having some sort of weird, um, you know uh, truncated type season And, and, and in contrast having no season. They're always going to want to preserve that money and it'd be good for us to have the live streaming and have more of creative control over what games we want to see, but the almighty dollar reigns supreme and the NFL is not relinquishing the billions, literally with a B, billions in revenue they see annually.
1: Mundungus, thanks, dude. I mean, I'm thinking right now just how generous you've been these last four podcasts, five podcasts. It just blows us away, dude. And I just want you to know we don't expect you to do that. And I mean, that's why it makes it all the more just humbling for us. So thank you, my friend. Yeah. It really does mean the world to us. We got Dave Darlington, Callie Dave also showing some love on super chat. Talent will be there for every team for game one. Coaching will be the key hashtag Denver Broncos for life. That's a good point, Zach, that the best coaches this time around, the most experienced coaches who've kind of seen almost everything there is to see in the NFL. Those are the teams that are probably going to separate. Yeah. Talent matters, but those coaches, the Belichicks, they're going to find a way to, to, to make this an advantage for them somehow, because there are, even though it's a level playing field, these coaches, man, they're going to, they're going to find a way to exploit this in whatever small ways they can. Those, those coaches who are always ahead of the curve, the Sean Paytons, the Belichicks Fangio has been considered that type of a guy as a, as a defensive czar remains to be seen, whether he's that guy as a head coach, but, it's a great point Dave makes.
2: For those who followed me on the twenty four seven broadcast or early on in our podcasting uh, career, chat, I used to have an expression that it all comes down to coaching, coaching, yeah. coaching, coaching, and it's absolutely true. And that's that's why. And I said it during the VJ years. That's where the expression was born because that was the difference between the Broncos being a borderline playoff team, even with the quarterbacks they had, and then being five and eleven and six and ten. Thank God Vic Fangio had one year of experience under his belt before this all happened. So he's not a rookie coach. He has some priors to fall back on last year. He knows how to be better. He's going to be more inclusive with the offense, with the special teams. He has the coaching staff he wants in place now. He doesn't have to stay on top of the offense. He can trust Pat Sherman to run that unit. He can focus on defense. It it does come down to coaching, and the new coaches in the NFL, like with the Giants, those kind of teams, the Cleveland Browns, they're going to be in trouble. The Broncos, though, they're in a good situation because – he is still Proven Fangio as a head coach, but at least he had that one year of experience. At least he's not a rookie head coach this year of all years. Man, the
1: generosity tonight, Zach. I sound like a broken record in the best way. Like it's just, it's uh, unbelievable. Right Mark. There, Mark. De- definitely an OG, and what he's saying here, I don't want to hear it. Chad is, <laughs> I, I can hear I, him saying that in his voice right now. I told him in person that, dude, just come back to the community, stay in the community. You know, make sure you're on the every huddle up podcast and help us keep the conversation lively and going, and keep yeah. cracking your jokes. I don't ever want you. I'm never gonna ask you. Don't super chat. Just want you in the in the conversation. That's what he's saying. I don't want to hear it, chat, <laughs> dude. Thanks, Mark. We love you, brother. We love you and uh, appreciate you. That's all. That's all we can say. Kathy lunch showing some love here.
0: Thank appreciate
1: you. you, my friend. She says hashtag state of being and one of Zach's original hashtags here. Let them hate and Denver Broncos for life. Really appreciate you, Kathy. It's been great having you in the community as well, my friend. I was looking at the YouTube analytics, by the way, Zach, just uh, last week, this is just kind of a, for what it's worth. Um, And 99.5% of our audience on YouTube is male shocker, right? These awesome women on YouTube are, they might make up a minority in terms of the listenership on YouTube but they are the most outspoken, energetic, passionate, dedicated listeners and in the entire community.
2: Yeah, It just blows me away. It's it's just, uh, you know, I, I've said it a thousand times before, and I'll say it again, the Broncos fan base is the best fan base in all of sports. And Chad, we are lucky enough to have that, you know, infringing on our podcast, so to speak. So we're, we're so appreciative of all our, our demographics, of all our listeners, all our viewers, what we say for one person, it can be applied to every single listener of this podcast
1: hashtag the ladies of MHH. <laughs> we got Flynn Dillon with a question on YouTube. Hey guys, do you think they could use the first few games of the season, like a preseason as far as teams able to have more players so they can evaluate better for cut down to the 53. It's an interesting point, And I guarantee you it's been discussed, but ultimately those games are going to contribute and count toward the formula for the playoffs and thus will be sacrosanct. They're going to, they're not, maybe they'll, open up the roster rules a little bit for that first little bit. And I wouldn't surprise me to see them do something like that, but rendering them exhibition games. I know that's not exactly what you're asking here. Flynn um, is definitely out of the question, but Zach, it, it would almost be, they would be remiss to not have some kind of additional flexibility for the rosters. And I'm not just talking 16 or more uh, practice squad guys, but like IR rules, like, Different things, they need to be able to roll with those punches. Teams need to have that flexibility this year.
2: The first couple games, the first two or maybe even the first four games are going to feel like a preseason game. The difference is they're going to count. It's no, you know, it's an exhibition. It's not a friendly type of environment. Those games are going to count in the standing. So if you're sloppy and you lose, oh, well, you got to live with the result. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, Chad. This is what I'm saying. There are so many uncertainties up in the air right now. It's going to affect some teams more than others. I feel like the Patriots won't have a problem, even though they have a new quarterback. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to veteran leadership in the locker room. And fortunately, the Broncos have those two qualities on their side for the season. Amen. We got Terry north of
1: the 49th parallel proving as always up in Canada, the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It is wherever you are. Terry, appreciate you, my friend. Um, We're looking forward to having you on the show. So this week it's eclipse on Wednesday. Next week it is Steve Baumgartner. And then the week after that will be Terry, the seventh superstar segment in this new series we're doing and we're Stoked to be able to talk to you, my friend. It's it's going to be a, a gas. Eclipse jumping back in. Appreciate that, bro. You don't Thank have you. to do it. You know that. He says, sorry, I dropped out. My uncle stopped by to let me know he's in town. I feel like I missed a bunch. The Super Chats are off the chart. Hashtag state of being that they are, my friend. Did you let your uncle know that you're going to be on the show on Wednesday? Tell him to check it out, dude. That's going to be a lot of fun, my friend. Um, okay, we are at 59 and some change here, so we got to rapid fire this. And by the way, there are a lot of questions we get about why can't you go longer than an hour? How come it's always an hour? There are multiple reasons why we try to keep it in an, to an hour. One of them is if you go much farther than an hour, what we like to do is since we started live streaming is we just go rip the audio off of, off of YouTube and then use that audio to, you know, um, edit and create for the RSS feed that gets uploaded after the fact. To whether it's you know Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that. And uh, if you go much beyond an hour, it doesn't allow you to do that. So there are there are different sites out there where you just take the YouTube link, paste it in there, and then you can download it as an MP3. If you go above an hour, most of those sites won't let you do that. And then you have to come up with other creative ways uh, to get the audio. He says, I'm going to have to give you all my greatest on Wednesday. All right, dude, we're looking forward, looking to-, forward to it. Yep. It's going to be a gas. All right, let me see what else we got here before we... Have to say good evening for now. We got Glenn showing some love. Appreciate you, my friend, superstar in the community because I love the show and MHH. And also so I can have my name on the crawl with these absolute (laughs) heavy hitting legends tonight. Hashtag amazing generosity. And you fellas deserve it.
2: You're a legend as well, Glenn.
1: You're up there right with them. I don't know if we deserve it. You know, that's the truth. I don't know (laughs) if we do. I mean, we work hard. We try to bring you the content. We never expected this to be the phenomenon that it has become in our, in our audience and community. I'll tell you that. We just never saw that coming. We tried to deserve it. We, we tried to work hard and bring it, yes. not just on the podcast, but on milehighhuddle.com and all the YouTube videos. We tried to bring, bring it so that you feel that way, but we don't know. We don't know if we do. So thank you, Glenn, the proud owner of, I think the most impressive, man cave bronco man cave that i've seen ever so thank you glenn appreciate you my friend um john what else we got left my are we we got jake showing some love awesome good to see you it's been a minute since we've seen jake appreciate that donation he says just want to see some hail mary balls to kj hamler and some first downs to jerry judy let's go 10 and 6 wild card zach this year here's what's interesting about that ranking from pft right the broncos Pro Football Talk ranked the Broncos power rankings at 15. 14 teams are getting into the tournament this year instead of 12, as it's been for many years. So the Broncos, if, you know, they can can bump up into that 14 and then you get into the... You get into the dance, Zach, and anything can happen.
2: That's what I'm saying. I mean, if they're 15th and 14th teams make the playoffs, I mean, they're not all AFC teams on there. Those are going to be some teams that don't make it. So they're right in the thick of things. I happen to believe you, uh, your way of thinking, Jake. I think 10 and 6 is absolutely doable. Wild card won't be the West, but as long as they're in the playoffs and make some progress this year, first-year starter in Drew Locke, full-time starter, all these new moving parts and receivers in a very weird year for the NFL, they go 10 and 6 after five years of not making the playoffs, we will all take that. It will be a very successful second year for Vic Fangio.
1: It's really interesting what Frankie brings up here on Facebook. He says, I feel bad that last season I was complaining about how many preseason games we <laughs> yeah. had which we was five last year. No point. Now we don't have any. <laughs> what's, what's even more ironic, well, this is something we've been talking about for a couple months now is like, you know, we used to complain, oh, let's just get to the regular season. When are these freaking preseason games going to be over? But man, what you wouldn't give to see a preseason game right now, right? And, you know, just know, though, that that sacrifice that the NFL and NFLPA is making on that altar, it's to guarantee a regular season. So take some encouragement from that. And, guys, what's cool about training camp is, even though there are going to be no fans in the stands, Broncos sent us uh, today, in fact, a full protocol on what media access is going to be like this year for training camp. Even though it's going to be very different, We're still going to get word and buzz and be able to measure how certain players are doing, how the team's coming together. And Zach, three, four times a week, we're going to get player and coach availability. So we're going to have actual real football activity taking place from August 1st, basically, until the regular season kicks off, and then it's actual football. So that time, by the time we get to August 1st and then on, Zach, it is going to blow by faster than you can think, and then the games will be here, and we're going to crush it
2: for you. That's right, and thank God for that. I remember last summer when the Broncos had five preseason games, uh, I was like, you know, can this go on any longer? Can they just get to the regular season already? Can they just play meaningful football? And it's one of those things where you don't know what you have until it's gone. And right now we would all crave even a live sport on TV, any sport right now. We all want to see that. But like Shad said – we're getting to it slowly. It's been a very, very tough, arduous process. We're right at the end of the finish line right now. And it to August 1st. We have some quotes come out. We have some news. The Broncos get their draft picks locked up. And we have the regular season in the first week of September. Just hang in there slowly but surely. All
1: right, last question, gang. Then we got to get out of here for tonight. We'll be back in the saddle though, Wednesday night. We're going to have a on that night. It's going to be a gas. And then, of course, tomorrow night you get building the Broncos. So podcast for every day in the week. But Miller707, great member of our community. He says, who is your top three running backs all time for Denver? Of course, Terrell Davis is number one, but who is next? Uh, who is number two? So for me, you know, I'm just going uh, to say, according to Chad, I think on a fair list, you have to put Floyd Little up there. He's in the Hall of Fame. That He was the franchise. Without Floyd Little the Denver Broncos might not have lasted in Denver. They might've ended up moving to another city and he deserves a lot of credit for the team becoming what it did. But in terms of my soft spots, okay, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not ranking it like you would for the hall of fame. I'm saying my own sentimental favorites. Okay. Terrell Davis, Mike Anderson, Clinton Portis. Those are the three. Now, if I'm doing it again, if I'm doing it the other way, the way you're probably asking, I'm going Terrell Davis, Floyd Little, and then I'm probably doing Mike Anderson. Sammy Winder was was a, a really good unheralded guy in the '80s, in the '90s. You had Bobby Humphrey, late '80s, early '90s. Bobby Humphrey, thousand yard rusher. Gaston Green, thousand yard rusher. You had Rod Bernstein for a minute there. You had the Glenn Milburns of the world. Yeah, there were some talented backs, and all those you know, Ruben Drones. Is the there were some talented thousand yard guys? Tatum Bell. But in terms of sentiment, sentiment for me, Zach, it's Davis, it's Portis, it's Mike Anderson. Those are the top three for me. And then Philip Lindsay, he's working his way up. If he can continue to be more prolific and keep it going, he's going to be up there. CJ Anderson would be on a list if it was, you know, top ten, top twelve, something like that. Top ten winners
2: <laughs> A little bit.
1: I don't know if you got an answer for Miller seven oh seven. Then we'll get
2: out of here. I, I pretty much in agreement with you. I, I think I will take Portis. This is on his talent alone, not necessarily the nostalgia aspect, but it's just on talent. He was a hell of a running back for the Broncos and Floyd Little as well. So those are my two and three after TD, Chad. All right.
1: Stu jumping in. Looks like he dipped out and came back. Appreciate you as always, my friend. And in case you missed it at the top of the show, I'm saying, hey, dude, hit me up. I need to talk to you. I need to figure out how to get my command center to tip-top shape like yours. So, Let's let's find a way to connect maybe tomorrow if you got some time, brother. Just hit me up, evenings, mornings, afternoons, whatever. All right, guys. That's gotta do it for tonight's podcast. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for joining us. And a mile high salute, seriously, to our super chat superstars. You guys absolutely are blowing us away. I mean, lately, Zach, it's just been unprecedented outpourings of support and I mean, I don't know what we did to to garner such such blessings from our community, but it's just very much appreciated.
2: Yeah, like you said, I don't know if we deserve it. We just we're talking about football for a living, Chad. We're getting on here. We're talking about the Broncos. Talking about a game. It, it's to have a career in that field, Chad. We're, we we feel blessed enough to be able to get on here, interact with the greatest fan base in all of sports, and and banter and go back and forth. It's something we look forward to four nights a week, Chad. If we can do it more, we we, we absolutely would. Yes, indeed.
1: All right, guys. Also, check out, um, if you're a big reader like I am, I'm a bookworm. I'm a nerd when it comes to reading football books, nonfiction, fiction, fantasy, you name it. I love to read. If you're like me, check out, I put it in the link here or in the chat stream, the link to Mundungus' store. With what's happening right now, we need to support each other in the community, with what's happening with the economy and the word that she'll go and mention. Especially brick and mortar businesses that are dependent on physical foot traffic, those businesses have been very, as we all know, adversely affected by this situation. So if we can support each other, some more support the community, we want to do that. And if you have a physical business that has suffered, you want us to help you promote it, let us know. We'll do it. We're not, we don't need money from you to do it. We're not, I'm not talking, here's what it would cost you to advertise on the podcast. If you're in the community and you want a little burst or a little boost for your, for your brick and mortar store, just reach out to Zach and I, and we will find a way to make it happen unless it's not family friendly. All right. Like if it's in the alcohol or, you know, if you own your own brewery or anything, certain things uh, and, and substances that are legal in, Colorado, certain things, but you're probably not hurting if you're in that business. But nevertheless, certain things we we can't promote, but most things we could. So let us know. But Zach, dude, we're we're out of here for now. Have a great start to your week, and we'll circle back, talk to Eclipse Stormboard on Wednesday night.
2: Can't wait for that, Chad. It's going to be awesome, and hopefully we have a little more news. Maybe we'll know more about how the preseason and training camp will go, and maybe the Broncos will get a couple draft picks signed. But at, every day we get closer to the football is a day better for us. So we look forward to uh, talking Wednesday.
1: All right, gang. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you Wednesday night for Zach Kelberman, for John in the booth helping us out, keeping the the gears greased, and for everybody at MHH, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Eastern. But don't forget, building the Broncos tomorrow night is going to be a great show. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: Hey, don't
3: forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet.
0: Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
3: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
0: Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever
3: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.